Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't the best sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will Good evening and welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am a Wags, and of course, joining me as always is Dane. Unfortunately, Dane, it's been a little bit of a slide, a tough four weeks, three losses for this Packer team in the last four weeks when you include the bye. So Packers tried to make a little bit of a comeback in the second half yesterday in Denver, but ultimately were not able to hang on at the end Ball 19-17 and are now 2-4 and four on the season. So, um, Dane, before we get your reaction to how you're feeling, I, I guess one thing I will say as you, you get on our, our live stream here is um, certainly I think there's a lot of frustration uh, with Packer fans and us included. So um, we're just going to do probably a little bit of a different type of recap episode tonight. Um, it's going to be turning back the clock to when we first started and um, maybe changing the roles around a little bit because when we first started, uh, McCarthy's last season as a coach, as it turned out, I was kind of the the negative guy saying we've got to move on and Dane was the voice of reason. I think even deep down understanding that it probably was time uh, throughout that season. Uh, but Dane, I... I, I know you have some, some grievances to get to tonight. So before I just give you the floor and you can decide where you want to go, first of all, how you feeling? Are you feeling a little bit better? We know you were sick last episode we recorded. Hey, buddy. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling better physically. Uh, but my, uh, Packer fandom is ex- extra frustrated right now. I'm so frustrated. Um, I don't know where to begin. I don't have anything planned. I'm just, extremely frustrated and I think I speak for a lot of Packer fans out there that there's not one thing um maybe maybe I'll 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 start with the bright side of life wags is we haven't gone through this many like losing streaks to this degree over the last 20-25 years um however I'm not used to it I don't like it I'm sick of it um and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of answers out there so um there's I think a lot of blame to go around and we can kind of break it break it down a little bit but um, my goodness, it was it was just a frustrating performance by the offense yet again. Another slow start, sloppy in, in extremely important moments. Even on the final drive, you don't see holds very often on the final drives like that, um, especially for veteran players. Um, missed blocks, missed assignments. Um, quarterback didn't look sharp. I just across the board offensively, extremely frustrated. Um, defensively, I thought played pretty well. All things considered, held the Broncos under 20 points. Still, the Broncos offense has been so bad this year that I would have liked it to actually, believe it or not, been less than that. But I can't get on the defense as much because the offense just wasn't doing very much. So, Wags, coming out of a bye week and just nothing seemed to be fixed coming out of the bye week. There, there seemed to be no um, improvement on play calling, no no creativity there. Um, so I just – forgive me, folks, for just – dumping to start this podcast, but I think I'm speaking for a lot of y'all out there right now that we're just frustrated, we're flabbergasted, and and now we're two and four after losing to a one win, very bad Denver Broncos team. So I'm I'm kind of sick to my stomach as a Packer fan uh tonight. Yeah, and that's understandable, Dane. I think you've 
given us a lot to work with. So why don't we <laughs> oh, take a step back and focus in, and I'm just going to ask you the question and, and really just for the sake of our sanity. So maybe we'll feel a little bit better by the end of this episode. Let's start with the worst thing that you think is going on with this Packer team right now. And we can gradually work our way up mm. to what shreds of hope do we have for uh, starting next week and the season moving forward. So Dean, what's, what's your number one gripe, if you will, uh, you know, just whether it be, you know, something specifically strategically, mm. something uh, coaching staff, play calling uh, performance, um, you know, injuries. What What is your number one gripe right now with the Packers? And, and I, maybe just taking even a step back and not thinking so much about this one game or the last couple of games, uh, but just in general, uh, the, the malaise that seems to be hanging over this team at this point. Malaise is the perfect word, I think, for, for maybe the root of my frustrations. The, there seems to be... Actually, you know, it's a little bit of coaching. It's a little bit of player, but I, I think it's actually a little bit more on coaching. And what it is, is I don't think that the playmakers are, are getting put in the best position to be successful. Um, I, I think that, that, that goes for Jordan Love. I think that goes for the wide receivers. I think um, even Aaron Jones coming back this week, I don't think was utilized, um, particularly creatively. And, um, you know, I think that that's the root of the frustration is, is there a lot of blame to go around on the offense? Absolutely. Did Jordan Love make some pretty bad mistakes? Of course. Yes, he did. We all saw that. But I also don't know if he was put in the best position uh, by by the coaching staff. And I'm not, you know, for all we hear about Matt LaFleur being, you know, creative offensive coach, and I'm not ready to pull the, the plug on Matt LaFleur, by the way. So let's get that out of the way right away. Um, but I just, I'm super disappointed that this team kind of comes out flat. The team's sloppy. Um, the, the team looks unorganized time and time again, and the players are put in a tough position. So I know that's a lot of things, Wags, but maybe it does start with just kind of the leadership up top of how can we, we, we expect mistakes out of young guys. We do, but how can week in and week out guys continue to make similar mistakes and how can there continue to be, it's, it's, it's like things aren't being corrected, um, when the mistakes happen. And that's a really frustrating thing. So I would say that it's the the continual sloppiness and mistakes and also guys just not being put in a position to succeed um, early on. And then they're pressing and doing too much when they need to try to come back and win a football game. So I, I guess I know that's broad, but damn, I'm frustrated right now. Yeah, no, Dan, I think just sticking with the offensive side of the ball, um, when you look at the last few games, the last four games, actually, First half offense for the Packers, and we won one of those games. When you go back to, uh, you know, week three against the Saints, and they came alive and, and made that great comeback in the fourth quarter, you think that's going to be something that's all of a sudden a, a, a moment to build on. Yes. Lions come in and just blow us out of the water the next week. Okay, Lions are probably the only playoff team that we faced so far. Now, maybe the Falcons squeak in or the Saints make it. Someone out of that NFC South has got to make it. But I'm talking like clear playoff caliber team. And yet we sit at two and four. So, um, it, you know, I think when you think about coaching, it's, it's too many, a mini buy and a full week buy. And they still come out flat against the worst, worst statistical defense in the league. Uh, now, Denver's got a good coaching staff. So 
I don't want to sell them short. I'm sure they're making some improvements from what we saw early in the season, but then why isn't our coaching staff able to make some of those same improvements with the young talent that we have on the offensive side of the ball when it's the same story for consecutive weeks? You know, you can hold players accountable, but to me that screams a coaching problem uh, on the offensive side. And uh, with with Coach LaFleur as the head man, and he's the one, you know, uh, with basically the the accountability stops with him. Um, And and, uh, mind you, this is also not just a this season problem. Um, We've seen some, we saw a ton of inconsistency on the offensive side of the ball last year, uh, even with a more veteran roster on the offense. Um, And and frankly, even uh, in Aaron Rodgers' MVP seasons, we saw some ups and downs before Rodgers would just go on these five-game tears and uh, and just statistically just really clean up. Um, I I think it's interesting, Dane, the conversation when it comes to Coach LaFleur. Is he going to end up being on the hot seat this season? I think you said at the top you're not calling for his job. This is not what we're doing here. I don't think ultimately he will this year unless things really fall apart. However, at a certain point, you've got to be held accountable for the job you're doing. Are you actually improving the team that's out on the field every week? And so far on this young season, uh, for the offensive side of the ball, as much heat as fans like to put on Joe Barry and the defense, um, you know, this is not a defense problem right now. No, now, I, I, that that doesn't mean Joe Barry is all of a sudden an amazing defensive coordinator in our eyes, Dane. But right now, the defense is not the side of that, that's not the side of the football that's the problem. Um, and, and so it, it becomes an interesting talking point when you're talking about this Packers team and 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 the coaching that's being done overall. Uh, when the head coach is responsible for the offense. And uh, the offense is just playing a stinker week after week after week. And it's the same problem in the first half every week. When you score six combined points over four games in the first half, uh, that's, that's a real issue. That's, that's, uh, that shows a lack of preparation, game planning, and, and frankly, um, play calling uh, in-game has just been pretty bad uh, from my perspective as well. Um, Christian Watson comes back three games ago, and it's like, we don't know how to utilize him. He's right. supposed to be the field stretcher, and yet that's not happening at all. The offense, in fact, it's almost like they're overcompensating. They're trying so hard to get Jordan comfortable, short throws, um, but that that makes it really difficult play after play. Very predictable for defenses. Makes it a lot easier for them to push downhill, and uh, now you don't really have uh, too many things that are going to be uh, putting them on their heels and, and, and unfortunately um, trying to rely on things opening up in garbage time and in second halves or late in second halves. Um, as nice as it is that they've been able to put up some points in these second halves, it's just not good enough. So, um, and Wag, so Wag, you say that, and I totally, I'm with you 100%. Um, is it fair to say that this team has an identity crisis problem in the sense that there is no identity? Because, you know, we talk about this and we, we, this has been a theme, I think, over the last couple of years is like, who is this team? And I just, I, if you ask me, like, who are the 2023 Green Bay Packers through seven weeks? I can't tell you. I don't know what their identity is. And that's extremely frustrating. Yeah, it's supposed to be running the football and defense. Um, as crazy as it is to say, the defense has held teams to 20 points or less in four out of the six games. Uh, Dane, if you told me at the beginning of the season the defense would hold teams to 20 points or less in four of the first, first six weeks, uh, now the Lions, again, blew them out. But 
offense couldn't get a first down until the last two minutes of the first half against Detroit. It's hard to play defense when your offense is going three and out literally every time or turning the ball over as it was the case in the first half of that game. And you, you can't get off the field and it's literally impossible to play defense in this league if those are the circumstances that are happening. And I think the defense has done overall an amazing job of holding the, the, this team in games. Um, so has there been moments? Yeah, the Falcons game in the fourth quarter, uh, I would have liked to see the defense close it out. But again, offense wasn't able to run the football uh, at the end of that game in the fourth quarter, get any first downs. They were going three and out all the way through the fourth quarter. So um, it, this was supposed to be finally Coach LaFleur's team on the offensive side that was run first, uh, offensive line, smash mouth football, play action, uh, you know, being able to uh, have, uh, you know, those crossing patterns in motion. And uh, frankly, you, you talk about identity, that's also on the head coach. So, you know, it might seem like we are sitting here really being very, very critical of Coach LaFleur. And this isn't a, again, but I just want to be clear. This isn't a fire Coach LaFleur. I think he's a good coach. However, um, this is two years in a row, to your point, Dane, where the team has come out in the first half of the year and lacked that identity. Now, last year, you could point to a lot of things um, that might have been a, a cause for that. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is the head coach's job to set the identity and, and, and ensure that the, that the players uh, know what those game plans are, know what that identity is, and go out there and at least have a chance to improve every week. Are there going to be stinkers? Sure. Uh, but uh, certainly you want to see some overall progression or trend. And uh, if anything, uh, this version of the Packers seems to be going in the opposite direction. So... You know, I'm not sure if we're going to have a lot of answers tonight after what we saw. I, I think that, you know, I, coming out, out Let's of the talk bye, about Jordan Love a little bit, Dane, because I think that's, that's exactly a, what I want to yeah. do. I, I'm very yeah. curious about that. Um, and I'm curious, how, how are you feeling through seven weeks of Jordan? You know, what, what's what's your take? And then I'll share where I'm at. Uh, but I'm curious where you're, you know, where's your head at with Jordan after this? Uh, well, frankly, I, I'm not sure. Uh, he looked great the first couple of weeks. Um but what is, what's been the main issue? Now, there's been some injuries. Didn't have Aaron Jones, so you can make that excuse. Obviously, losing Bakhtiari, say what you will. We had all, all had our frustrations with that situation. That has certainly not uh, helped uh, this offensive line performance. Right. Um, and I'm really, really surprised by that because as good as Bakhtiari is, I thought that we had an excellent offensive line all the way across the board. So um, losing one really good player in Bakhtiari, I did not think would, would really sink this offensive line. Now, they, you could argue they looked a little bit better yesterday, but was that them getting better or just how bad Denver is at being able to get a push uh, up front? Um, I, I don't know. I think we'll have to wait and see next week and see if this offensive line shows at least some level of improvement. So there's that. Um, frankly, I, I think Coach LaFleur's uh, pl uh, game plans and, and play calling has been pretty much hot garbage the last three weeks. So uh, it's hard for me to, to blame Jordan Love for that. Now, has Jordan Love made some poor throws? Has he made some poor decisions? Yes. Um, but he's also a first-year starter in a situation where they're falling behind in multiple games in a row 
And he's got a little bit more of that gunslinger mentality uh, than I think we would have seen in an, in an Aaron Rodgers. Um, I actually like his mentality. It, has it always led to the best decision-making process? No. But I will say this. Dude isn't giving up. We have had multiple games now. The Saints game. This game, even if we would have won, I still would have been disgusted by the performance of the way that went yesterday. But, you know, as bad as it was, Jordan Love made some good plays and, and helped this team put together a couple of drives and really had them in position to win the game. Um, would have I liked to see a little bit better execution in that final possession? Absolutely. Doesn't help when you're, you get the ball down to the 39-yard line, for all intents and purposes, field goal range, you're looking at about a third and three-ish, and, uh, you know, you get called for a hold, and all of a sudden you're back uh, at, you know, a second to 20 uh, yeah. instead of uh, having an opportunity to uh, run the ball, perhaps, get a first down, and, and get in position to kick the game-winning field goal. So um, there, there's a lot of things that I'd like to see in terms of performance improvement from Jordan Love, but I don't know what we really realistically could have expected. That would have been a lot different than this. His first few games, statistically, he looked fantastic. People were pointing to the completion percentage. Well, now it looks like another overcorrection by Coach LaFleur yesterday, trying to give him some short passes, maybe to get in that rhythm uh, to to get uh, some more accuracy and, and get both he and his pass catchers involved in the game early. Well, he, it was handicapping the entire offense for the full, whole first half. So, it's 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 a it's hard to say, Dana. What do I want to see improvement from Jordan Love? Am I convinced he's the guy? No, I and I yes, I do want to see improvement. Um, can I for sure say that he's not the guy? No, I think there's the jury's still out. I think he's shown enough things that I, I'd like to see what happens under maybe uh, some more optimal circumstances. But Dane, what, what about you? What, what are your thoughts on, on the Jordan Love situation we're, at this point? We're similar um, in a lot of respects there. I'll tell you what, I, going into this year, I thought it was going to be a bumpy ride. Okay. And, and a, a bumpy ride where we could still make the playoffs because the NFC North isn't very good. And, you know, but right now what we're seeing is that, there's some other issues with this team that maybe I hadn't foresaw, you know, could didn't foresee particularly some of the offensive line issues, but for Jordan love, I look at it this way. What has gone right around him to make folks think that he could succeed under the, you know, the current circumstances. Um, I've watched him run for his life a couple times uh, this year because the offensive line was just imploding around him. Um, I've seen, I've seen, you know, some, the play calling that at times I just think has been, I, I think you said hot garbage. I think that that might be, um, uh, you know, a, cruel to hot garbage to call it that. I think the play calling has been so bad uh, for Jordan in certain situations. And the Packers haven't been able to run the ball at all. Um, a couple of these games, and, and the NFL is such a game of inches, right? But if the Packers, if the Packers, huge if, right? If they were running the ball a little bit better, we're winning more football games right now based on how the defense is playing and, and you know, where we would probably be at with the standings. Then all of a sudden it's sunshine and rainbows and, hey, you know, oh, Jordan's guy just has to improve a little bit, right? But since we're two and four, I think that there's a skewed view. And, and frankly, Jordan Love has been asked to do too much 
I think, um, through, through these games because they are down. Um, you're going into the second half and dude, as you said, he comes out there in the second half of these games and he doesn't quit. He keeps at it. So I love that attribute about Jordan. I think he truly is a leader uh, on the team. I think he's a guy that wants the, the opportunity to, um, you know, throw the ball. He wants the opportunity to be put in a position to win football games. Um, do I think he's the, the answer? I don't know yet. What I, but that's what this is about is I'm not canning Jordan Love after six starts in the NFL or six starts this season. It doesn't make sense to do that. The, the Packers invested a first round pick. They spent three years with the guy uh, behind the scenes and now he's the starter. What I want to see out of Jordan Love wags is can he progress as the season continues, whether they're in contention or out of contention? Can he start to minimize some of the mistakes? Can he stand in the pocket and make some of the throws? Um, can, can, you know, can, can he use his, continue to use his legs, uh, to his advantage? Um, is he going to, you know, can, when, when he has time, can he show that he can make the third or second read, the third read like he did earlier in the season? I think what we're seeing right now a little bit is a confidence problem in Jordan Love. I think that, um, he's been hit a couple times too many early in the year and he's kind of looking around. And, and, and I, I think that, um, the coaching staff isn't doing him any favors with how they're managing the game with him. So what I want to see out of Jordan Love is I want to see him just continue to build because I think he has the tools, Wags, to be a good quarterback in the, in the National Football League. Um, you don't win games the way that he won a couple of these games by being just bad. It's not luck. It just isn't luck. Okay. I think he can make enough throws at this level. I think he has a big arm. I love his gunslinging mentality. He just needs to rein it in a little bit in certain moments and, and continue to perfect his craft. But what I've noticed from Jordan Love is that the game doesn't seem too fast for him. Okay. And I see so many quarterbacks where the game seems fast. It doesn't look too fast for him. I think there's a lot of other underlying issues going on here and he's hasn't been perfect. And, and he'll be the first to admit that. Um, but I do think that Jordan got some talent. I think there's something there. And I, I'm actually really excited to watch how the season progresses. Um, throw the record out with Jordan Love under center. Because I think that he can continue to grow and improve. He just needs to keep getting those snaps. And damn, it'd be nice if the offensive line could keep him upright. Um, you know, and the run game could get going. And we could actually see what a functioning offense looks like under Jordan Love. Yeah, no, I think that's that's all really well said, Dan. It it just when you're supposed to be a, a top ten rushing team, I think was a reasonable expectation right. for this team, and and you're in more like the bottom five uh, right now at this point. And, and it's not like they've had a murderer's row of defenses that they faced. Uh, now, uh, some of the rush defenses are are solid, but it, it's certainly was supposed to be the calling card was. The, uh, the offense was supposed to be focused around the run game. It hasn't helped, certainly, that Aaron Jones has missed as much time as he had. Uh, Dane, I was surprised that he only got uh, 23 snaps yesterday. Uh, he looked pretty healthy to me. So that leads me into my next question. Um, this is going to be a little bit of hearsay, but what's up with the injury and the medical thing going on in Green Bay? And this is a multi-year thing as well, but so many soft tissue injuries. It seems like we've got guys that miss more time than expected. I understand injuries happen uh, in, in football. Every team goes through injuries. I, I get all of that. Um, and certainly we are biased in our perspective. We're looking at 
uh, a Packers injury report every week. We're not necessarily paying attention to what's happening on injury reports around the league. Other teams get very injured. I, I get all of that. But in a vacuum, I, I'm just wondering, Dane, does the overall approach to how the Packers manage injuries seem like it's working? Uh, because this is a big part of success on the field is having guys prepared and managed off the field in order to have their bodies right and in order to put themselves in the best position to be out there on Sundays. And, you know, you can go through a lot of situations. This is kind of, I don't want to turn this into a conspiracy thing or just a finger pointing thing, but I'm really curious your perspective on, on how the Packers seem to approach injuries with their players because we talked a couple of weeks ago um it sounds like aaron jones maybe could have played uh in that thursday night game uh or i'm sorry the monday night game in in las vegas and out of an abundance of caution they held him out well that's is that a you know is that the right approach or is that a mentality that can seep into the urgency around how the Packers approach going out there and trying to win football games? So, so I, I'm just kind of curious where you draw the line on that and, and what your overall thoughts on, on how the Packers manage in injuries as an organization. Well, it's October. So yeah, you know what that means in Wisconsin, you get Halloween, you get your pumpkin spice lattes, and you get your soft tissue injuries. Because every October, Wags, and September and November, the Packers deal with more soft tissue injuries than I, I, I would actually love to run the numbers sometime and look at hamstring issues, injuries in Green Bay versus across the league. Um, because consistently, I mean, even yesterday, I think Savage left with a calf and Eric Stokes just returned. And he, he, he got pulled with a, with a hamstring issue. Um, so how does that happen? I, and, and I get injuries happen all the time. This is a violent game, but the soft tissue injuries wags, I don't have a good, I don't have a good answer for it, but clearly something isn't working right. Right. I mean, I, I don't know how this can continue to be a case. And you're right. It's not like it's just, oh, it's 2023 wags. We could go back year after year. And I feel like we're dealing with the same kind of hamstring injuries and, and, and soft tissue injuries and a very, very cautious training staff. I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes working with these guys. Um, but, but I do know that it's just clearly it's broken, right? Some, something's broken here. Our guys aren't available when we can basically be, um, how long were the Packers off between by? I mean, they were off for extended period of time for their bye week. And they return and they had 10 yeah. guys on the questionable list, Wags, yeah. going into this yeah, I, game. I think two games in 18 days is, uh, is what they were at. So, two um, games in 18 days and they have 10 guys on the questionable list going in after a bye. I, that makes me scratch my head, right? And, and most of them played, but still there's something there that just doesn't add up to me because at a certain point, guys are going to have to go, right? And, and I think you and I both know and the fans that are listening to this know, these guys want to ball. These guys want to play, right? We know the, like the guys that we know want to be out there playing ball. And so I'm not sure what the, what the thought process is, but it seems like the Packers hold these guys out a little extra out of a quote abundance of caution. And then when they come back, they're always, not always, right? That's too much, but 
there often seems to be some kind of, um, you know, follow-up injury or there's a soft tissue or there's something like, I don't quite understand it. It reminds me of when running backs in particular hold out to start the year and then they come back and then they're like not in game shape and they seem to get hurt pretty quickly. It's the same kind of vibe within Green Bay. These guys come back and, and the soft tissue injuries just, and I know that they're, 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 they normally just kind of like, you know, those injuries can fester, but it's just, it's, it's a frustrating situation when it doesn't seem like the Packers have an answer and they hold guys out extended period of time. And then there's all of these soft tissue injuries that we just can't seem to shake. I just, I don't quite understand it. Yeah. And, and I want to be clear. I, I'm not criticizing any of the players in no, those situations. Not at all. Um, you said they want to play, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's know. just, Mike, I think it's an issue of how the players and the injuries are being managed. It doesn't, I don't think it sends the right message, Dane, when, when you, you're overly cautious, especially with your star players and they're looking around and you've got guys sitting out or missing time and it just doesn't feel like they're, they're it doesn't, you talk about soft tissue and the word soft is right there. And that's been something that's plagued this Packers organization for years and years and years. And, and we've been consistent in saying that's not a, a player effort or a toughness thing on, on the part of the players. I think it's a mentality that, that, that's the softness that is the frustrating part for fans. It, it's not the physicality. It's the mentality. And I, I think injury management is one of those areas where that mentality can really seep in and, and faster. Uh, and then I think that, that just, unfortunately, I, I don't, I think that feeds into the urgency then. And it's frustrating, I'm sure, for the coaching staff when they don't know if some of the guys are going to be available, uh, that they can game plan around. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a whole off season issue. That's not an in season thing that you can fix. Um, but, organizationally, the Packers, I think, really need to take a hard look at their medical staff and, and at their training staff because uh, collectively, I'm sure those those folks over there are, are very experienced, highly professional. I know Dr. Andrews is very well-renowned in the industry. Um, however, uh, as you said, Dane, uh, there comes a point when some of those things have to be held accountable too, uh, because it's clearly affecting and impacting the ability of the Packers to, to put the best product that they can out on the football field. And this is a young team. This isn't a team that's averaging like 32 years of age. They're the youngest team in the NFL. If anything, the injuries should be much lower than they have been in past years. Um, and you know, soft tissue with young guys should not be something that's that's creeping up as often so that's what's really puzzling to me about this dane is is if anything you go younger recovery time should be faster these guys should overall that yeah they'll get their nicks and in, in actual injuries but um but but some of the, the other things that are happening that are are more you know non-contact related uh, are the ones that make you really scratch your head so um i don't want to go too far down that road lest uh you know we tilt that conversation in a direction that uh sounds a, a little bit um you know uh, conspiracy related but um certainly dane i think there's something to take a look at but worth mentioning um, right i mean it's it's an every week thing we have a laundry list of injury report every single week um of, of similar injuries it just doesn't at a certain point it's it's very relevant 
Right. Well, and I'll just say this. Uh, maybe people could have accused me of maybe being a little bit tough talk in the past and old school, but this is why I always said you have 17 games uh, to play. If you're healthy enough and you're cleared to play, you play, period. Uh, I don't buy this, oh, just hold him out for another week so that he can get healthier. Uh, you, if you're, you paid to go out there and play football, and if you're if you're cleared and you're healthy enough to play, everyone's dealing with little nagging injuries. Uh, I know the players want to get out there to play. Um, so yeah, that's the mentality that I think they're missing is if you know there's no urgency around uh, let's let's go out there and battle this out, gut this out. We're all in this together. Uh, instead, you look over at the sideline and it seems like every week, We've got a guy that's nursing, uh, you know, a, a minor injury uh, and in uh, the question of, well, maybe they could have gone, but we don't want to rush him back. So um, that that I think is a big problem, Dane. I, I really do. So. Um, all right. But moving on from that, uh, we still haven't mentioned anything on the defensive side of the ball. We've decided this is amazing. We've decided that defense is not one of our core issues. But, Dane, yeah, I'm going to tee you not. up. Um, yeah. You know, let's swing this a little bit. Do you have any other items that you really want to uh, vent about here? Uh, or no, are mean, you ready? Are you are you ready to find some glimmers of hope? From let's what, find from what some glimmers. And yeah. it starts with the defense, right? I mean, I thought that there was a number of guys that stood out and, and played some really good, really good ball. I mean, even pro football focus, the highest rated guy in defense uh, for the Packers was JJ Anigbari and he played really well, Wags. I mean, he's rushing the passer. Um, he's really emerging. I thought he had a nice rookie season, kind of came out of nowhere as a rookie and he's building and building and building. I, we've seen him play the run far better this year than he did last year. And he's putting those tools together. And he really, I thought, looked strong, as did Rashawn Gary. And Rashawn Gary, another guy who, you know, came in as more of a pass rusher, he's really playing the run better and more sound football right now as well. So a couple guys that instantly when I watched the game, Wags, I was like, those guys are getting after it, you know, snap after snap. When they're on the field, they seem to be getting after it. So um, right away, those guys looked really strong to me. But there was a lot of guys, weren't there, that like I thought played some pretty good football against this Denver offense. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I, it's a, a lot of the unheralded guys, frankly, that seem to be stepping up and, and have been playing the most consistent football on the defensive side so far this year. Um, it, you know, certainly talk about injuries. I, I really want to give kudos to to both uh, McDuffie and, and last year, last week, Eric Wilson for stepping in and, and, and honestly, uh, getting the job done uh, at the inside linebacker position with, um, with uh, Quay Walker. He was back this week, but missing time last week. And then certainly, um, you know, we, we've been without um, uh, Campbell here for several weeks as he's got that ankle injury. So, um, Dane, though, I, I do want to say, um, Rashawn Gary, speaking of that, you keep pointing out that you've been a little bit frustrated. So going back to the frustration mm-hmm. side, that we haven't heard uh, anything about a potential contract extension for Rashawn Gary. So um, this is usually the type of guy that the Packers have been very proactive at extending. So do you think this is more just where he sees himself amongst the a group of pass rushers in the league and how much the money has exploded at that position and Packers have some more work to do to, 
a line and, and that eventually we'll see something, but no, nothing's come out. Rashawn hasn't said anything. His representation hasn't said anything. So is this hopefully just quietly being done or do you have concern that the longer we go into the season, the less likely that we hear anything about a Rashawn Gary extension? I'm, I'm hopeful that they're working on it. Um, you know, I, I don't, Rashawn Gary is the last guy I think to, to negotiate through the press. You know, he's, he's, I have so much, I admire Jean Gary as much as any guy, you know, on the, on the team. I just, I think that he's, he's a leader on the defense. He's, he's, he's our guy, right? He is Packer football to me. Um, not, not only on the field, but how he handles himself off the field. So, um, I'm frustrated only because I just want to get a deal done and know that we got Rashawn locked up for another four or five, however many years, um, in a nice contract extension and take care of Rashawn and the family because, um, you know, he, he's that guy. And, uh, uh, you know, you go through, we've watched years, 20, 30, 40, almost, almost years of football now, Packer football. And um, once in a while, right, there's a guy that steps up or you just see and you go, that guy's a little different. That guy, that's who you can build a franchise around on this side of the ball. They have him. It's Rashawn Gary, as far as I'm concerned. So um, I'm, I'm frustrated that he's not, he's not under contract for an extended period of time, but I am hopeful. The Packers, I think, historically have been really good at getting their guys locked up at a certain point. I'm, I'm confident it's going to happen, but I, I'd be lying to say wags if I wasn't a little bit, um, a little bit of anxiety doesn't creep in once in a while, just because I just want to see the deal get done. I think it's good for both sides. And, and I think that they, they will though eventually come to an agreement. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things too. The Packers, I'm sure, uh, this may not be completely fair, but I'm sure the Packers want to evaluate more of what they're going to get with Rashawn Gary moving forward, coming off of a major, major knee injury. So, um, I'm sure that p- plays part of it. Uh, and then the other thing is, is how highly does Rashawn and his representation, uh, rank themselves, uh, in this pass rusher group? I mean, Joey Bosa just got 34 million a year, uh, from the 49ers, reset the entire market for pass rushers, which was already super high. Um, Packers have the highest paid corner in the league right now and Jair Alexander. And, um, I know he's one of those guys that you've been frustrated with for a couple of seasons. Uh, frankly, they haven't gotten a top corner in the league return out of Jair Alexander since he signed that contract. Um, you know, it's it's not like it's Rashawn's fault, uh, but same thing at left tackle. At the time, David David Bakhtiari, highest paid uh, left tackle in the league when he signed the contract, um, and they haven't gotten that return. So I, I suspect that, as you said, they're still working things out, hopefully. Uh, but to be fair, uh, I, I do think that the front office has to do their homework and, and really be diligent about you know, how far they're willing to go to invest in Rashawn and what that right number is so that he feels uh, like he's valued. And it's, it's the amount that he certainly deserves, uh, but it doesn't hamstring the Packers moving forward. So um, that said, Dane, I think, um, you know, defensively, I will just say more broadly, uh, I agree with your comments. Um, And I said last week, if the defense can, on average, hold offenses to 20 points or less on, on most weeks. I like our chances. Now, I don't know if I can say that I like our chances with the way the offense has been playing. That, but they did have, 
their opportunities to win both of those last two football games. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, Dane, I think the Raiders and the Broncos are two of the worst five teams in the league. And we were not able to go on the road and, and, and win even one of those uh, in very, very winnable games, the way that those played out. Um, so what does that leave the Packers then? Right now, I, I think realistically, uh, we're just not a very good football team. I, I believe in this talent. And, I, I, you know, I, I'd like to believe in Coach LaFleur um, and this coaching staff to be able to show some improvement and turn things around. But I, I think it's safe to say the jury's out on that right now. So um, this is going to be a very important next few weeks to see if the Packers can um, show not only some improvement, but put a, put some wins on the board. Um, you look at the next four weeks, and do I expect the Packers to go out, out and all of a sudden win four in a row? Absolutely not. Not the way that they're playing right now. But on paper, they're four winnable games. Uh, they really are. So go out there and, and let's see some improvement in play, um, a little bit more consistency, maybe better starts on the offensive side of the ball, um, work on that identity. Let's get Aaron Jones more involved uh, and, and allow him to be uh, that offensive leader that we expected him to be coming into this season. And perhaps that can give this Packer team a little bit to hang their hat on and, and a little bit of an opportunity to start to build that identity moving forward. Yeah, and that identity will start. And we, we have a preview podcast coming up on Thursday night. We'll be live, and, and then folks will be able to get um, the, the pod, wherever each podcast over the weekend leading into Sunday's matchup. We're playing an old, familiar uh, foe, my least favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun previewing that game, Wags. And it, it really starts there. Um, as tough as it's been so far this season, Maybe a little bit of home cooking and beating an NFC North rival uh, could could you know change our fortunes quite a bit. I, we we've seen it time and again with this organization, with this team over the years. You can't count them out, okay? Because all it takes is you need a spark. You see a spark happen, and yes, a lot of that magic's happened in the Aaron Rodgers era. Um, but you know what? Screw it. It's Jordan Love era now, and and you know maybe get some things rolling early on this week uh, against the Vikings and some good things can happen. Um, this is a defense, I think, that feeds off of turnovers. This is a def- defense that feeds off each other. And, um, you know, I just, I, I think about it because this defense, they've done better than than most people give them credit for. But also it's so, you mentioned it, it's so damn hard, Wags, when your offense is going three and out and then you got to run back out there and do it again. And do it again and keep trying to make stops. If this offense can just move the ball enough, get some points on the board, and this defense can play with a lead, I think that they can do take another step. You know, I think that we've seen them take one step so far this year on, on defense. If we can start playing with a couple leads, I love the ball hawks in our defensive backfield. Rudy Ford's been phenomenal. Um, Jair, get him back. Hopefully Stokes. Razul Douglas, we know what he can do. Um, you know, it, it just, I, I, I really have a lot of belief still in the defense. If the offense can just, um, return the favor a little bit, I really, really like the chances this team can go on a little bit of a run, but it's got to start and it's got to start soon. It's already going to be what week eight. We got to go beat the Minnesota Vikings on, on, on Sunday. Yep. I think that's well said. So folks, thanks so much for joining us after a tough loss again yesterday. And, and hopefully we'll be able to get a little bit of momentum and some happier 
things happening here starting this week against the Vikings. So we'll be back on Thursday night to preview that game. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go! go. Pack, go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.